feels like Survivor is about to get uh, real this week, right? I mean, I was going to say we survived again, but everybody survived again. I mean, it's if you if you basically why the Bills though in my home pool, so you sweat a little. I mean, look, we sweat on the Miami game too that we took. That, I mean, not not really though. I mean, fourteen nothing. Like, that's an eyebrow raise. That was like three three nothing for them. That's a good point, right? You always that's funny because uh, the greatest offense of all time. You know, it's like 14 nothing, big deal, right? It just but when you see it, it's hard to not think like, oh, could this be the day? You don't feel like totally death because it was, it was early first quarter, mm-hmm. but if that score creeped into like early third quarter, it's twenty one three. Then you're kind of you know, but it didn't happen that way. Though. You're right. Okay. That was pretty low sweat. I mean, uh, the the Bills one was hilarious because I watched it the next morning and I'm a Giants fan. I told you. You never go against your team for that reason. And I'm like actually rooting for them not to score there because I've given up on the season, but it just feels disgusting. And um, and it was just also, it should have been pass interference in the end zone and all the stuff, but what a just bizarre thing that the Giants with Tyrod Taylor and almost beat the Bills in Buffalo. Um, and it just goes to show like Survivor, it's not about predicting what's going to happen because nobody thought that was going to happen, that they basically should have won that game. And why not hand it off? at the one yard line. I mean, you know, just to try, even though he was interfered with, it's like, are you talking like, about, you're talking about the end of the game, not the end of yeah, the half thing. No, yeah. The last play of the game, it's like of the giant. Yeah. Just hand it off. You need one yard or sneak it or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, uh, I'm glad I'm still alive in that pool. Um, but it was disgusting rooting against my own team. I, I would only do it for a high stakes pool. This is not even high stakes. It's a couple grand. If I win it, and there's still like eight people left. So, um, I've heard, you know what, this goes again. And listen, I understand what you're saying about not picking against the Giants only for high stakes, which, by the way, is even worse. I mean, you'd sell out for money to go against the Giants. Well, I mean, for like six million dollars. And by the way, I saw a comment on YouTube. You're like, this isn't the million dollar pool that listen Dalton ran. Six million dollar pool, Alan. Six million. Okay. Right. right. Million is chump changed now with inflation. Six million is real. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. You know, again, I, you have to understand also that I am answering comments across all videos now Roto wires puts out i think tw- uh, close to 12 videos a day now pretty much across all sports plus the basketball stuff is another five videos um sometimes i'm lucky i even have i'm answering the right question in the comment right, right the right sport you, you, right you say who should i start this week and you're like Embiid. It's a, fo- <laughs> it's a football question <laughs> so true so true okay here's some of the stats from our pool that we're in together 25 dollar pool uh, but massive uh, prize of $78,000. You know, I mean, okay. listen, that, that's good money for a $25 investment. If we it, it's it's night-changing money. <laughs> right. Very good. Change the yeah. evening when you're in Vegas. That's good. So, yeah, well, you know what? Let's just let's do the, the stupid thing to do. Uh, uh, well, let me give you the pool stats first. Okay, so we started off with 3,100 entries, right, which basically included 1,500 original entries and 1,600 buybacks. Okay, so last week... 157 people were knocked out, presumably on Philly, right? A bunch of them. Right, yeah. And uh, so there's 834 people left. That's where we're at. There's nothing. We just quadrupled our money, basically. So we started with, what, $25 buy-in? Yeah, $25 buy-in. This is worth 100 Okay. All right, listen. We're making progress. We're in week seven. Now, this week could be interesting in the fact that Seattle is going to be well over 50% rostered. Right. Um, I mean, that was my first instinct was Seattle, but then I was like, wait a second here. When I saw your article, which can be found on realmansports.com. Yes, it can. Um, yeah, you, you talk about pot odds. So for those that are 
maybe tuning in for the first time or just need a refresher on pot odds, Seattle seems like the easy play against Arizona at home. Why would you consider pivoting off them if they're the, you know, quote, best, safest play? Because, you know, when you're in a poker match, a poker game, and, um, you know, somebody makes a big bet, right? And then you have to look at your cards. There's two things you got to consider. One is how likely am I, am I to win? And also how big is the pot relative to how much I have to risk? So say there's like a thousand in the pot and a guy raises you a hundred and you have a chance to make a flush, two cards left. You're going to call that 100 because uh, your chance to make it is decent and it, you're getting 10 to one on that hundred. You win a thousand dollar pot, right? Um, so that's the same question you have to ask in Survivor. It's like, okay, Seattle is the best choice maybe for me of the teams I have left, but what happens if they lose? Well, 60% of my pool may drop off. And that is a huge payout, right? Because it's not just about surviving each week. It's about surviving while other people die. And you need other people to die to win the money. You have to. I mean, just the way it is, zero-sum gate. And so Seattle may take down a huge chunk of your pool. Now, they, they probably will win. But we, nobody knows in advance whether they're going to win or not. There's just a percentage. The market says 23% chance Seattle loses. Well, if there's a 23% chance they lose, and then you pivot to, say, the Niners, who have like a 27% chance to lose, and those numbers are just based on the money lines in Vegas, the market numbers, you, you and, have to agree with them. And Chris, let's just to know, everyone knows that the uh, Seattle is home against Arizona, and the uh, 49ers are on the road, uh, which are uh, six and a half point favorites in Minnesota on Monday night. You won't know about some of their star players playing. Right. I mean, it's a risk, right? I mean, McCaffrey and Trent Williams, I mean, it's, it's a risk. But- I guess the point is, forget about the specific game. I mean, you could take the Chiefs against the Chargers. You could take, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of them. But it's that the if you look at San Francisco, which I think is the next most likely, um, is is Oscar weighing in because someone buzzed. Um, it's 23% that, that Seattle loses per the market and 27% that the 49ers lose. Quiet, Oscar. And and so it's, uh, 20, he doesn't listen. You want to go to attend? Do you want to go attend? Yeah, I'll go attend to him. So- Basically, where Liss and I are, we, we're one of the teams that haven't taken the Bills yet, right? Uh, the Bills, just here's some of the pool stats. Now, these may or may not apply to your specific pool, but by officepools.com, again, which gets a little noisy. I'm just running down the percentages on before you continue. It's um, noisy. Is, yeah, it's noisy. Literally yeah, noisy. noisy but, so, okay, but you could use a wide range. So right now, it says around 57% of your pool is going to be on Seattle. So call it 50%. You should, that probably is going to be a correct statistic. Bills right now, they have listed at 17%, 49ers 5%. What we mean by that is teams in your pool percentage that are taking them, Rams 4%, and then it just zeroes down from there. So uh, we still have the Bills remaining. Um, the Bills, it, if you have them, that's probably where Alyssa and I are going to go. They're on the road in New England. Big favorites there, eight and a half points. So I was, I was just telling everybody right now, if you have the Bills, it's a little bit of a spoiler. We're going to be taking the Bills. I saw your article on Real Man Sports. That's where I landed, too. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't love it, but I don't love anything else, either. You're not but supposed the, to love any of your picks this week. Right. But the thing is, uh, and, and yeah, we'll switch if we have to, but right now I would probably take the Bills also. Um, but, yeah, so so there's two considerations, right? Like, like, what's the likelihood that I lose, die, right? And then what is in it for me if I don't die? Those are the two considerations, right? People just think, oh, I just don't want to die, so I just want to move on. But you got to look at what's in it for you, right? It's like, well, okay, if I if everybody is on the same team and I win, yeah, I survive, but my equity is exactly the same. There's the same amount of people left. 
it, it, you use the example all the time of a team that's like an eight-point favorite, and if there was 100 people in your pool and all 99 were on the team that was the favorite, you o- you always take the underdog and if you're the one person. Right. Let's say you had a one-game survivor for the Super Bowl, say, right? And there was an eight-point favorite. And everybody was like, oh, I'm going to take the favorite, right? Well, you take the underdog because you would win. If they if they win, you win, right? And right. what are the chances? you? Well, the Super Bowl would be over, but... Point is, what are the chances that if 100 people survive, which you all would if you had the same team, or you all lose, but you'd all survive because you were in the same boat, you have a one in 100 chance to win the pool. But if the underdog wins, what, you have like a 20, 25% chance to win the pool that week. And people are always like, yeah, but you're more likely to die this week. Well, yeah, you would be. But who cares about this week? It doesn't matter if you die in week six or week 11. You want to win the pool. And so here you're saying, okay, if I pivot from Seattle and Seattle loses... 60% of my pool is gone. And you're like, yeah, but what if they win? That doesn't help you. Yeah, but you don't know if they're going to win or lose. That's the whole point. If you knew, there'd be no survivor game, right? There'd be no fantasy football. We would all know what would happen. So um, the uncertainty is what you what is the game. And you have to say, okay, what if this happens? What if that happens? And then you have to maximize your payout per the risk you're taking. Now, there's a level where I won't go below. I will not take you know, some three-point favorite over the Seahawks. Because even though there's a huge the Rams, payout, the Rams, for example, right? Yeah, against the Steelers, right? There's a huge payout if the Seahawks lose, but the chances that the Rams lose to the Steelers is like forty percent, and now you're doubling your risk. You know, now now your you know your risk is much much higher. Um, although maybe actually, if you, I did the math, you might even take the Rams over it because it, it, you maybe double the payoff actually with with Seattle losing, fading Seattle. Yeah, well, let me ask you this. Now, I want you to debunk this because I'm going to use your example in an extreme. So you talked about if everybody dies, you don't gain any equ- equity. What if you're on the Titanic and you know everybody's going into the lifeboat? Don't you go into the lifeboat with them? You don't stay on the Titanic knowing it. But I guess that's absolute certainty in Survivor. There's no absolute No, first of all, there's no absolute certainty, but you can see the Titanic's halfway under and you better get there. But secondly, that's real life where it's not a zero-sum game. Right. Right? I mean, this is a zero-sum game, right? So it's like everybody can live and we can all be, right? It's like, the idea is what what you're saying is the situation where hopefully there's enough lifeboats, otherwise I guess start chucking some people out. But the point <laughs> is that like they're like you're you're saying a situation where me living someone else living isn't you want everybody to live when you're on the Titanic. You want everyone to live, right? So but in Survivor, it's a particular game where you don't get paid unless they die, right? So, you know, it Survivor shouldn't be called Survivor. That's why the Titanic analogy doesn't work. It should be called Soul Survivor. And now do the analogy then. Let's say if there was a sole survivor in the Titanic, they get a billion dollars, right? Now, um, oh, right. You know, and everybody else gets killed, okay? They kill everybody else, right? It's just like a squid game. Morley, this is Morley's squid game. I don't, don't want to spoil it. You see squid game, Alan? Of course. Of course. Okay. So it's just like squid game, okay? Only one person can actually live. So in squid game, um, you know, in the very beginning, if a ship looked like it were sinking and everybody else were on the rafts, you might stay on the ship and take your chances because if those rafts sink, if the giant life raft sinks, they're dead. Otherwise, you got to win every single game and survive every single time. So um, Squid Game is a better analogy. All right, that's fair. Have you ever played in a uh, survivor pool where it's the opposite, where you pick a loser each week? I've always heard about it, but never I think done. I've done it once. I can't remember. I, either I gave advice or maybe I did it once. Yeah, I, I'd like to do it one time. I don't know if it'd be as much fun. It sounds good in theory. It's like a you know a twist on it, but the end of the day, my brain is tuned to to try to pick a, a winner, you know? Sure, sure. It just messed me up in Stratego. I bought Stratego. You know the game Stratego? Of course. With Sasha. Now, when we were kids, the one was the top 
thing. The general was the two, the colonel was the three, but now the 10 is the strongest piece. And there's lots of eights and nine. It used to be there were, sorry, there's lots of uh, twos and threes, you know, like, uh, and then there's a spy. And it's like when we were doing it, there were lots of nines and eights and there was only one, one and, and one, two. And it's like, people are dumber now. So they have to like make the high number stronger. Like they, they can't deal with the fact the lower one was stronger. I don't understand it. Yeah. Well, for, for those that are not in the, that didn't grow up in the seventies or eighties, Stratego was a board game. If you don't know what a board game was, board games were before video but, games. You do a good job, Alan, like setting everything. So like the, the user isn't like stuck in an obscure reference. Right. You don't have to tell them what a board game is. Come on. That's too much. Too I'm telling you, you do. Because right now, people don't grow up with board games. They grow up with- You know what a board game is. Monopoly. They, sorry. They, they, all those games now, they play on uh, their uh, iPad. Yeah, but when you're like three, you don't have an iPad. People, I mean, listen. I, I know. I, I see I, some I see some tough people. The whole family's like in their iPad at dinner. I'm the kidless. Yes, I'm kidless, but it's been 10, 11, 12 years since you've you know had a little kid. The the the, uh, the technology world is changed. yeah, but, yeah. But the people listening now are not six. You know, we're not a lot of six year olds. Our survivor videos. Good big points. Yeah, good yeah. point. But there are a lot. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So you're saying Everybody, the lever explained. East like no one under sixteen is watching this. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> and uh, board games. You know, you would say that to a, a young kid now. Board game. They think you're talking about B O R E D board game. Like it's boring. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So Survivor, we're taking the bills, and unless otherwise, I mean, I I don't see another. Well, I mean, now that's what I would have chosen. But I'll, I'll, if I have a bad vibe, I'll tell you. Please. All right. Put in the the comments. If you're I'm taking the page just to cover. I think. I think. It, I think they're going to show. Up. I don't know. The bills. Something wrong with the bills. There was there was a note that came out. Um, today that we talked about or yesterday that there's actually the craft level people are starting to think about the tankathon now right, and they, right they haven't been there in a long time but they know they need a quarterback so one in five i'm not so sure i know bill belichick is not tanking and he's also going for that record that don shula record right which most wins but by the way it was pointed out forget don shula he needs like 11 wins over the next three or four years Andy Reid is coming up right behind him too. He might pass Bill Belichick with a couple uh, twelve-win seasons. Oh yeah, that that would be interesting. I mean, Belichick. I I love Belichick. I love the way he handles the media. Um, he was the Giants' defensive coordinator on two Super Bowls that were important to me. But I mean, dude, he traded the second rounder for Muhammad Sanu. I mean, Muhammad Sanu was thirty at the time. What I mean, has he lost it? Like, what what's the deal with him? Yeah, that that's um the. Defensive prowess, uh, his pairing with Tom Brady, but he's made some like personnel decisions that are unexplainable. And I think that that's you, you name Muhammad Sanu for a second round pick, like fine, like that's like the least of it. It's it's the bad evaluations on Nikhil Harry when you left AJ Brown, DK Metcalf on the board. I mean, they go on and on and on. Um, signing two tight ends in free agency, Hunter Henry and John U. Smith, and then basically John maybe it was the right process, but John U. Smith is now producing in Atlanta. And I know, but you know that the, when the last time they had two tight ends, it was a killer strategy. Uh, so uh, they yeah. wanted to reprise that, you know. Very good. Uh, Very good. I'm just glad they didn't. I'm just glad Hunter Henry hasn't killed anybody. You know, that's what I'm. I'm uh, about. But <laughs> he's killing my two tight end fan team. I can tell you that. Yeah, hey, I've no. I have a Belichick question for you here. Yeah. Um. End of the season. Let's say they they bottom out and they have like the third overall pick. Okay, so they're going to take a quarterback. Do you think Belichick stays there for a rebuild, or you know, there's a lot of like. We hate Brandon Staley. The Chargers suck, but they have it. You called Justin Herbert, Dan Marino, like. Can you right. see Bill Belichick going to coach the Chargers, attaching himself to an elite quarterback, going for that record? 
I don't know because it, I think it depends on a lot of the dynamics between him and Kraft and like what their relationship is that I don't know. I mean, if he feels very loyal to Kraft and, you know, maybe he stays. I mean, Staley sucks. I mean, the Chargers are just like so underachieving every year. There might be just like a stench of that franchise. I'm not sure if it's ownership. And sometimes the rot starts at the top. Um, but um, do you like that landing spot for him? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. I, anyone would want to coach a team that, you know, had elite pass rushers and, you know, a young quarterback that, I mean, I didn't say he's as good as Dan Marino, but just the release. It's like, yeah, Marino, when you watch him play, he would get the ball and the shotgun all the time and he would just flick his wrist and the ball would just zip, you know, like in a straight line, not even an arc like 40 yards down the field. And Herbert just can, he's a little bit more motion than that, but it's like the easiest, it's so easy for him to just chuck it like 40, 50 yards on a line. And the only guy that I remember doing that was Marino. Yeah, no, the uh, that that's a good, I like that reference when I saw that you wrote that. So yeah, and wouldn't the Chargers just like want, I mean, wouldn't you like, basically we talked oh, about pushing someone off the Titanic. They would two-hand shove uh, Staley over for a Bill Belichick. I mean, the Chargers need an identity. They have no yeah. fans that come to the They game. need to get rid of the analytics midwit and put in somebody with some balls. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody doesn't give a fuck. The know? problem is, you know, Belichick, let's let's game this out. Takes over as the coach, hires Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator right. for Justin yeah. I used to make a joke about Matt Patricia getting hired by the Lions, and I was like, you know, Belichick just made a – it was sort of like one of those, like uh, – trading places experiments where he's like, I can get a random homeless guy. I bet you a dollar. I get a random homeless guy and I can have him coach a team. I can have him be defensive coordinator. We'll still win the Super Bowl. Well, and was then, the Eddie Murphy movie that did that? It's trading, trading places, trading places, right? The, right. the Dukes, they, they made the bet that they could swap a homeless guy for Dan Aykroyd. It would be exactly the same. And, and they were right. But, uh, but the thing is, so then they, you know, he made a bet that he could swap in a homeless guy as a defensive coordinator, but then he couldn't walk it back when the Lions actually hired him. He was like, Oh no, no, I was just joking. Why did you hire him? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah, his coaching, a lot of his coaching tree is really bad. Vrabel seems like a good coach, but like a lot of these guys have been pretty bad. All right. We covered Survivor. Um, just uh, we're about to get on to some fantasy football news. We're taking the bills unless we rethink it, but we'll we'll post that on on Twitter. Chris Liss will post it on Noster. Um, he will go to on Noster. Yep. Uh, realmanwood.com. That's where you find all of Chris Liss's content. I got my I got into my first beef on Noster. So like, you know, on Twitter, when I said, like, school is kids' storage, and everyone was like, I hate the teachers, you're a horrible person. And then I said, Devontae Adams is... Hold on one second. Noster, just so you know, explain what it is. We might have some new listeners. Noster is a social media protocol. It's not a platform like Twitter or Facebook. It stands for notes and other... Notes and other things. But it's Twitter-like. Set over relay. It's set over layout is twitter It looks like Twitter now. Most of the clients look like Twitter. But it's like... Okay. But anyway, I'm there because it's like, it's literally nobody owns it. It's just like a decentralized thing. Like email is SMTP. Like Google doesn't own email. They own Gmail. But if, if you get like kicked out of Gmail, you can still send an email. They can't stop you from that. And, and you can send an email to Gmail even. Okay. Um, and so I also this, 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 I want to set up one other thing. You got into a big fight on Twitter because you called public school kid storage. I didn't call it public school. I call it all school, private and public. Kid storage, like it's a place to put your kid while you can do productive things during the day. And people were like, "You hate teachers." Also, I never said anything about teachers. And then I got into trouble because I said Devontae Adams. When I I was just drafting at one of these FSGA events, they put a microphone in front of me. I said, "Yeah, I took him. He's a mediocre talent, but you know he gets a lot of red zone looks from Rogers." So I drafted him, and everyone's like, "Mediocre talent." And all the, I mean, I've never seen something so so viral. You're an idiot. I was like Hitler, but stupider. You know, basically for <laughs> for an hour on Green Bay, no, for like a day and a half on Green Bay Twitter. Um, and I was actually take the L on that because Adams is pretty good. But at the time, that was my opinion. 
So you and got then, into a fight on Noster. So I got into that, and I got a couple other ones. You know, the outdoor masking tweet. You know, uh, half of uh, sub millennial uh, fantasy Twitter who thought I was, you know, murdering people because I said, you know, wearing outdoor masks creeps me out like someone's going to burn me at the stake out of their civic duty. Um, and so, you know, I get into these things from time to time. The colonoscopy one was classic. I mean, uh, these colonoscophiles, when I came out of the woodwork, tell me how important it was. But um, but Noster, you know, everyone's kind of awake. They don't care what you say about pharmaceutical products. They don't care what you say about, you know, world affairs. They don't care about any of that stuff. But I wrote a post about, you know, how, you know, if you're going to post on social media, you shouldn't do it anonymously. You should do it with your name attached. It, you know, it's more based. I didn't say you should be forced to. I just said, it's, I think you should choose to voluntarily. And holy shit, they came after me. They were so pissed. They're all a bunch of nims, you know, on the, uh, you know, they're all pseudonymous because um, they're terrified that they think what they're posting is so revolutionary that they're going to get arrested. Um, and so they just were like, boomer, okay, boomer. I'm not a boomer, okay? Jesus Christ, you know? So they were trying to insult my picture saying I was a boomer. Um, and then they were like, you know, they were that's just- so, That's sort of, they're basically calling you old. Well, no, in my picture, you know, my gray, my hair is gray, but it was grayer. That picture is very gray. It's the same when I have Twitter. Um, and anyway, but no, Noster's great. You know, nobody can stop it. Um, but I was just saying that I got into my first skirmish, you know, like my first pile on. And, I, you know, I'm like Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon. I'll karate kick people. I don't care. Come at me. You know, like I, I usually win. But, you know, you know what it's like. You remember yeah. that scene in Goodfellas when they uh, when Henry uh, gets arrested and he goes and he doesn't rat. They said, oh, you broke your cherry. You know, yeah. there you go. You, you finally got into your first but You broke your cherry. I'm I not did. Sir. I did. Yep. So but it's good. It's still good. Goodfellas, best mafia movie of all time. So I like Casino better than Goodfellas. I mean, I think Godfather's, you know, is probably, you know, the, the best. But but I love Casino. Everyone loves Goodfellas. But Casino, I mean, Sherrod Stone was just like. So good in that and so horrible, like such a horrible person, but perfect. And, you know, and just like good Joe film. Pesci was just such a, a hard psychopathic dude. Remember he tells that banker, he's like, look, here's what will happen. I'll break every bone in your body. And just when you get out of the hospital, I'll do it again. Right. You know, like the guy just like, I don't care. Yeah, I don't like, care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. But no. then when he gets got, it's really bad too. It's really bad. Like it's, that I mean, both all those movies are hardcore, but I thought Casino was Casino's awesome. awesome. You know, it's about the uh, the Jewish. Um, what was it? What was the Rob De Niro's? He played a Jewish guy. Ace, 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 right? Sam Rothstein, which is yeah. a real. I was thinking Ace Ventura, but that's a different right. movie. No, yeah, Ace Rothstein, right? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, we're doing a rewatch on Boardwalk Empire right now, which yeah. is exciting. I that was good. I solid, solid. It was solid. I I think the problem is a lot of these shows were derivative of the greats. You know, of the Sopranos mm-hmm. and The Wire. And, you know, Breaking Bad. Um, and then so you had all of these kind of like pretty good shows. And there were good actors in Boardwalk Empire. Buscemi and yeah, yeah. Uh, Canali, Bobby Canali, who played yeah. Chip Rossetti. Yeah, Chip Rossetti was a hard guy. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Canali, I like him. I like the guy with the half a face who was killing him. Oh, yeah. Um, what, what, uh, what's his name? Uh, Richard uh, something was his character's name. Anyway, yeah, that's good stuff. All right, Boardwalk Empire. All right, um, I got some fantasy stuff I, I need to run by you here. You ready? Sure. Zach Evans, rookie running back. And no, I not. No, no, well, no chance. I was going to first ask, did you get any in your? Uh, no, I don't think I would. People went big on him, and I was just yeah. like, I don't even know if Royce Freeman's not going to get carries. Who knows? And we don't know how long Kyron Williams is out. So, no, well, Kyron Williams is is going to be out. I would say at least two weeks. Uh, right? Um, that would be my assumption. But right. right now, people need running back starts. So right. you have the fab. It's it's time to use it. You know, right. it's. And at one time, Zach Evans was thought of as like a Bijan level prospect, but obviously during, he ended up going the sixth round 
because his fan he had the transfer schools out of TCU, whatever. So um, there there's a lot of the like the draft people liked him, um, right? So I, I could see it. But, but right. I mean, they brought in Daryl Henderson, who knows the offense and knows the schemes. I don't know. I, Miles Gaskin, they brought him into. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bunch of guys, right? Yeah, no, it could be like. 12 touches for 75 yards. Great. I mean, I wouldn't feel good starting. I mean, if I had nobody, I mean, there was a week I had to start Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Damian Harris, you know, because I, Kenny Walker and Brian Barkley was hurt. And of course I would start him in that case, but that's about the level. I mean, if I have even like Deonta Foreman, I'm not starting Zach, you know, Zach Evans over. Okay. All right. Uh, by the way, is my picture getting fuzzy on you? It was for a minute, but it's better now. Okay. Yeah. Because for some reason I'm getting that little, um, uh, wife, I think, but I'm plugged in. It's so, so odd. I'd probably another time restart the computer. All right. Uh, Drake London, stock up. What's uh, what's your rest? He, he's been pr- producing now uh, after being like, oh my God, this guy, I can't believe I took him in the fourth round. Well, what's your Drake London take from everything you're seeing? And you know what? Even Desmond Ritter has been producing for fantasy football. Well, and Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts the last two weeks. Um, you call, I think, I, I think that basically the, the problem is that Ritter is terrible. I mean, he is just atrocious as a quarterback and the team is better off when they play the Tebow style of him running and Bijan and Algier running and they just play an ugly game when they end up having to pass yeah people produce because they're throwing but they lose because he's going to throw interceptions so um I think you know they got till Halloween to make a move you know and they say Cousins isn't going anywhere and but like I I feel like Ritter is just that game against the uh football team was just it was the nut low. I mean, it was worse than Tannehill earlier in the day. I mean, it was bad. Uh, they, had a, they had an opportunity, remember, in the offseason to pay the two first-round picks to get Lamar potentially. They didn't even address it. They said, we're not even in that market. Do you think that they would uh, rethink that knowing what they know now? I mean, yeah, maybe, but it's two first-round picks and that contract, right? So then the contract ends up um, costing you at other positions too. I, I'm sort of – I don't think Lamar – is I think he's like below like Burrow and sure. you know, definitely below Mahomes. Everybody is, but like I I, I think he's below. Um, you you yeah. wouldn't put he's not in the Josh Allen. I think he's below. I, I mean Herbert I, is right now kind of in the same tier as Jackson, but I think Herbert has more upside. I just think Jackson's game they they had the perfect way of of using him. But it's a game that doesn't age that well because you got to be like an elite runner, which he is, but you just take so many hits. Um, and then just dropping back and being the, you know, sort of occasional runner, I don't think that's going to be his game. I could be wrong, but I, I have Lamar in like the next tier and he's going to be, he's getting a tier one contract. And so I, in a way, like, I don't think that's the guy. Sometimes you have to overpay though to get someone that can get you to that next level. But if you don't believe, I think that. But then, I, but that makes that the team can't. You know what I mean? It's like if you, you know, if the quarterback's getting paid that, he better be, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you pay him because even if the rest of your team suffers because of the salary cap, so what? You're fine. I mean, right. you've got Patrick Mahomes. You know? Right. Like he's, Patrick Mahomes is like LeBron when they used to surround them with like four dudes. You were like, oh my God, I can't believe that guy's starting. They would get to the finals every year. Right. That's what, and we, but in, in Mahomes' case, they then would beat the Eagles who are a good team. So like, right. that's how good LeBron, uh, Mahomes. Mahomes is. Uh, do you know Justin Herbert? We were talking about before. Is QB one overall in fantasy right now? I mean, no. I mean, I'm I, glad I made. A, I'm glad I faded QBs. I made some dumb decisions, but like in the stake league, I spent two bucks on golf and one on Purdy, and that's working out great. And all these people were paying up for like, God knows who, right? Like, I, I'm sure like golf is produced more than Patrick Mahomes. I think so far. 
Well, Mahomes is QB7 on the year. This is a down year for him, which is kind right. of crazy. Uh, Goff is QB5, so you got that right. right. Yeah, and Purdy's probably like 8 or something. or 11. Or 11, okay. But, you know, so that that went well. Um, you know, Hertz gets those, like, cheap sneaks for touchdowns. He's going to be up there. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think it's fine. You know, Josh Allen's probably up there, but... Um, two. Josh Allen's number two. Um, all right, so I got a couple other situations here, yeah. running back-wise. One, can they keep it up? And the other one is, can we, you know, what do you do with Damian Pierce? But let's, I want to start at the Raheem Mostert thing. All right, Raheem Mostert, I actually just traded for him redraft. We're not talking any keeper or long-term stuff. Uh, one of the teams at the top, I offered him Justin Jefferson, or he offered me because I've been shopping Jefferson. I couldn't get rid of him. Before the blow-up game last week again, I traded Raheem Mostert straight up for him. I'm happy with it. What do you think? Do you think Mostert can keep it up rest of season? No, but I think that you bank those three touchdowns and Jefferson, who knows when he's coming back. I think you just like got a trouble. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I would have said it was a fair trade at the time. Now I think it's a good trade because you got those bank touchdowns, which there's only, you know, 13 weeks of regular season. I mean, you got those. They can't take those away from you, Alan. Um, but no, I, I don't, I think he's going to get hurt like he always does. Um, I think that this, Miami does have a great offense, but it's not sustainable. I mean, nothing like this is sustainable. Even the Patriots in 2007, the second half, they weren't nearly the same team. Um, A-Chain's coming back week 11. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's not remotely sustainable. He's got 11 touchdowns in six games. Somebody pointed out, I think it was uh, Joe Dolan on Twitter, he said that that 11 touchdowns in six games is higher than Julio Jones has ever had in his career uh, season. And Julio Jones is going to the Hall of Fame. He's walking into the Hall of Fame. So, but that's six. That's an extreme outlier to the negative. Julio Jones, Andre Johnson, those guys never had like more than like I know, but I'm just saying that's how hard it is to get 11 touchdowns in six games. I mean this, and he's got 11 touchdowns in six games. HNS seven in his same backfield, and and uh, Solomon Ahmed just got one yesterday. So they got 18. Well, some of those are receiving touchdowns, but the backs have scored 18 touchdowns. All right. The other side of it, Damian Pierce. We're on the road to wire uh, message board, social media posts and stuff. We're getting a lot of uh, Damian Pierce questions here. Um, you know, he was a running back that I was pissed when I didn't get him towards the end of draft season. I was like mad that Ken Walker fell to me when I wanted Pierce. Happy now. It's a range. That was my only good pick was Ken Walker. In my yeah. Opinion. So Damian Pierce, for those that are really freaking out, and uh, is he droppable? Do you hold him? Right now he's running back 28 and they're on a bye. Well, I mean, he's droppable if you don't have room and you're going to take a zero in your lineup. But I, I would hold him if I could. In NFFC, no one's dropping him. But um, I was worried about Singletary. Nobody took it seriously. Everyone's like, oh, he sucks. Don't worry about it. But it's like, who's Pierce? He was some fourth-round rookie who had 4.3 yards of carry last year. looked decent. And you're like, okay, he's okay. But he's not like some established star that they drafted, you know, fifth overall or something. And so you're like, he's vulnerable. And then who's Singletary? Singletary is just like one of these pro, pro guys who's like pass protects, like goes, you know, run. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't know how good he's at pass protect. I'm just assuming he's good at pass pro. But, you know, he played over Cook a lot last year. And then he gets like four point something yards per carry most years. I know yards per carry is noisy when you do it. Like he didn't last year, but I think for like three out of four years, he had good yards per carry. And he just seemed like, you know, one of those veteran pros that like wasn't 32. He's like 26. And yeah. it, it seemed like Pierce was going to be vulnerable to someone like that. And, and it turns out he, he is. Now, maybe that's just a blip. And, you know, I wouldn't drop Pierce, but it, it's not like you're like, oh, you know, Where's the great Damian Pierce we know? It's like he's not like he's a fourth round pick who had a decent rookie year. He's nothing special. Right. The uh, connection that I made is that 
Devin Singletary seems to be one of these these running backs, like a Jamal Williams, like ones that the quote coaches like yeah. everything he does, but also just hangs on to the leg of the fantasy value of the starter. Look what he did to Zach Moss. Everyone thought Zach Moss sucked in Buffalo. Zach Moss comes to Indy. He's free of of a guy that's dragging his value, and he's you know producing at an elite level. We'll see what if he can keep it up with with Jonathan Taylor there. But looks like Zach Moss is is a plus running back, a player you want. And now Singletary's doing the same thing to Damian Pierce. Right. But it, it may be just that, like, I mean, Moss looks like he's pretty, he's decent, turns out, maybe. But, you know, a lot of the circumstance. And maybe um, Singletary and Pierce are roughly equal. And, yep. you know, and that Pierce just is okay. And Singletary's okay. And neither of them are going to be superstars. And you're right. If one guy is sort of like the veteran that knows how to, like, you know, ingratiate himself with coaches... That may be, you know, enough to just tip the balance. Travis Etienne and we talked about Ken Walker, man. Those those two guys have been basically the right answers at running back, especially if you were able to get two wide receivers that have worked out. If you went like AJ Brown in the first round and who would have been like a good second round wide receiver that you could have taken? Uh I'm just trying to think top of head here. Hold on, let me not, look. not too many. I mean, Waddle's okay. Yeah. He got hurt one game. Let's say you, um, let's say somehow, some way, you ended up. You're right with Devontae Adams. You're happy enough, or Amon Ross St. Brown, who you've been trashing. Well, you couldn't get him in the second round. Okay, let's say you got Keenan Allen in the third round, right, or something like that. And, well, I mean, if you, I mean, no one's gonna. You should have reached to take Keenan Allen in the second round. It turns out, but right. Um, okay, you got C.D. Lamb, who's been wide receiver. Ter- ter- he's terrible. I mean, the last game was his first good game. I've had him in my. Prime time, but you're right. I'm looking there's, at no, there's nobody. Garrett Wilson's been okay. I mean, there, there's just nobody really. Yeah, Calvin at, Ridley was bad. Deep terrible. Bad terrible. Nick. All right, yeah. so this was, this was the good pick. You had to take Tyreek in the first. Like, let's say Tyreek fell to five. Right. Right. And then you came around. McCaffrey was there. McCaffrey was but, Right. Well, yeah, obviously now. Yeah, the, but, but you had to have a top. Yeah, McCaffrey. Pick. And then, like, in the second round, late second, you reach for Keenan Allen or something like that. Right, which yeah. no one did. Yeah. Nobody was psyched to take Keenan Allen. Yeah, and then like round three at the three four turn. Well, this is where the Travis this was my original question. Travis yeah. Etienne Ken Walker. If we redrafted today, and the reason I I frame it like that is just to see like what's the state of these guys going forward. If we redrafted today and starting from week one, you know, again, we're gonna wipe the stats, we're starting the schedule over. I mean, Travis Etienne, first round pick. Uh yeah, probably. And and the thing is I had Etienne and Walker in a keeper league and I traded because I didn't have a tight end. I actually had Logan Thomas, but I didn't think he was going to, you know, I didn't know he's going to be serviceable. I had zero. I was taking a zero every week at tight end last. So I traded for Taysom Hill and Amari Cooper. I traded ETN in a keeper league. And I, told, so, I didn't like that when you did it. And I uh, certainly don't like it. I thought ETN, he's been hurt. You know, running backs have a short shelf life. Cooper would be good for two more years. Oh, I, need I, the, I need the position. They just drafted Tank Bigsby, the old regime drafted ETN. And then I started like warming up to ETN as draft season went on. I don't have any, but yeah, that that's bad. Yeah, I think I think ETN would be a first rounder. I think Kenny Walker would be a second rounder. Um, you know, how about Pacheco? Do- that's the guy I wanted to ask you about real quick. Pacheco, he's come on late. He's he's like full workhorse status right now. Like, is he worth well, third third rounder? I would say I, Pacheco is getting the full work. That's the thing, right? He used to like just be the early down guy, and then Clyde Edwards-Helaire and mostly McKinnon would come in and get all the third down work. But now Pacheco's getting a lot of receptions, too. So he's probably a top 10, 12 back, too. He runs pretty hard. He's obviously on the Chiefs. The Chiefs are just weird. Like, there could be a game where, you know, they split it up again. I don't know. I just don't trust Andy Reid to just be like, this is our number one guy, and we're riding him the whole way. 
Yeah, you know who would have been like a solid, like a, you know, you, you didn't like knock it out of the park yet, but I think Bijan Robinson in the second round, if, if he fell there, which he didn't often, right. but he's been playing at his floor. So I still think there's, you know, like no one's really going to trade you Bijan Robinson, right. but like if you, if I had Justin Jefferson and it's like a week before, two weeks before he's coming back, maybe if Bijan keeps performing, like he, Bijan has the stats right now, which I thought Jameer Gibbs would have. Right. Well, I, did, I wrote that in my thing. I said, he's Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is not even, you know, he's not even relevant not yet. We'll see if he's healthy. But yeah, what you were thinking of Jameer Gibbs, that's what you're getting. And that's not good because Jameer Gibbs was a third rounder and Bijan was a first rounder. And I have some Bijan. My team's just like, I've got Godwin. I've got Bijan. I've got Waller. I've got Barkley. I've got CeeDee Lamb. I've got Karen Wilson. Like, you know, Barkley got hurt. But the other ones, it's like, they're okay. Kenny Walker's my only good player. Everybody's just like, yeah, Godwin's like, okay. You know? Yeah, Bijan's okay. Garrett Wilson is okay. If Aaron Rodgers were there, uh, Garrett Wilson's the top five receiver. That guy is so good. He just catches everything. But, you know, with QB1, he's doing the best he can, and he's he's still relevant. It's just he's more of like a the, you know, the 12th best, 15th best receiver instead of the top five. One of the, uh, the YouTube words that we always use to, you know, SEO stuff is like league winner. You hear that. It's kind of like a joke of a joke. But there are some players out there right now that are just not – Mustard. I mean, yeah, you have mustard. McCaffrey. I was going to frame the question slightly differently. I was going to say that that hasn't shown themselves yet. That either they're on someone's roster, you could trade for them. Like you know, we say buy low. You know, for example, I'll give you an example. Like Christian Watson actually was a league winner last year. Barely well, started. Really, though, I, I had him. I he was he got hurt, and then it was hard to know when to start him. And then those last time you saw him, he got hurt. No, we got hurt in the first half in the game I needed him in the playoffs. Uh, right. So he. he he was it was good, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like, there's who's gonna like bust out in the second half of the season? Yeah. that hasn't really, and it doesn't have to be someone that sucked. Like Brandon Ayuk is a popular pick there, right? Like, you know, he's being very good, and could he just go to like the nuclear level? So again, I just asked you. I didn't really prep you for this. So, is there anyone that you're looking at right now that you again? This is when you talk about like buy low. This is how he... I like Dak and Ceedee Lamb. A lot of people are crappy on Dak. I don't think he's like an elite quarterback, but he played great in that game against the Charm. I mean, he just he could, there could have been a couple of touchdowns. Gallup dropped a nice, a beautiful ball. Um, Tony Pollard, he just missed on. I think Dak and CeeDee Lamb could really take off in the second half. Um, I like that one. I like that one. And then here, I go, that was that was the answer. CeeDee Lamb was the first round pick. I mean, so it's not like that. You know, it's, it's, I'm not really, it's not like anyone's going to drop or trade you CeeDee Lamb cheaply now. Not cheaply, but that's what I'm saying. You don't have to like, buy low doesn't mean buy like at a discount. Buy low can mean like buy at fair value. You know I mean? Right. Guy's got ceiling still. Yeah. I mean, Raheem Mostert, if a guy's desperate. I mean, I still like Darren Waller. I think Darren Waller is going to still be good. There it they is. Just, they, they just literally, you know, Andrew Thomas been out for the whole year, basically. If and when he comes back 100%, um, they just can't target him more than like six yards away from the quarterback, but he's still got it. Um, and so I, I think, you know, Danny Dimes, I picked him up in two uh, NFFC leagues. Like, he's hurt, but it's just a neck thing. He should be back in the, at least this week or next. And, you know, the Giants is too little too late, but it doesn't mean the offense can't put up fantasy points in the second half. So that's, that's I still think that those points will be there once they can, you know, pass protect to just some minor extent that they haven't been able to. All right. If uh, another, I'm just, uh, I, a lot of times I develop my show guideline just from the the questions I see over and over and over again in our social media. Right. And this one is, I, I couldn't believe this was the most popular question this week. If McCaffrey doesn't play, which 49ers running back do you think is going to be the most valuable this week? And then you could even say like moving forward. 
Mason or I, I think got to go Mason for now, but I think there is a possibility that Mitchell, who was the backup and who they do like, you know, when he's 100%, um, could overtake Mason. But I think right now, go with the guy that produced last week and looked good doing it. So that's what I would say. So, by the way, just so you know, that is opposite of what like 80%, that's like in the 20%, which, well, I agree with you, yeah. but most people say Mitchell, he's been the guy. Right. You know, why wouldn't he? I could be wrong. I don't have any special knowledge of this. I just, I'm like, Mitchell's nobody. The same with Damien Pierce. Everyone's like, oh, Damien Pierce, he's so good. It's like, if you're nobody, then anybody doing anything can supplant you. If you're um, Christian McCaffrey and you have a bad game, you don't have to worry because you're Christian McCaffrey. But if you're nobody, and Elijah Mitchell's nobody, they might like him, but he's not like he's like some Pro Bowl, you know, big contract running back. And so I would go with the guy who played well last week, but it could be Mitchell. It definitely could. All right. Anthony Richardson, the quarterback rookie who's on the Colts out for the season. Yep. Gardner Minshew in. I just want to look ahead a little bit here. Where do you think the fantasy football market is going to be on Richardson next year? I mean, you already saw what the upside is. Is he going to be like a fourth round, like Lamar Jackson? He'll be like 80- Justin Fields was this year. Um, if he's 100% healthy, um, he'll be like Justin Fields. Like he'll be fifth, sixth round. Um, you know, I mean, what if, Fields was kind of like that, right? He had like five good games last year and people are like, holy shit, what this guy can do. And he was like a fifth, sixth round pick, right? Yep. Okay. That's good. So there'll be people that are scared off, like say, "Oh, he's he's always going to get hurt," and or or you know he's not he's not a good passer or whatever. But Fields still went fifth, sixth round. You know, Lamar is above that. I mean, Lamar is he's an he's an MVP. He's an established like he's not like I I don't think he's elite, but for real life football. But I think we know he's like at least a decent pocket passer. We don't know that about Fields or Anthony Richardson yet. During the draft season, where were you on Jahan Dotson, man? He has been like, like not just bad, but like killing my lineup because I'm in a lot of times I'm forced to play him in some of my deeper leagues. Curtis Samuel is getting the stats I thought Jahan Dotson was going to get. Yeah, I mean you shouldn't drive a Dotson, you know that's the thing. Yeah. Drive a, people don't know that's, that's a good one though. You should got your own Ford or something. But uh, but but Great. anyway, the point is that uh, I was not in on him because I was like this passing game is shit, and they have McLaurin, right? And so why are you taking the second guy in a mediocre passing game? Um, but but then I got FOMO because then McLaurin, remember he was hurt like in the preseason a little bit. And I said, oh, wow, everyone's talking about as a second year guy. He showed promise down the stretch last year. There ain't, so got, he's flipped in the preseason. Yeah. At the very end, Dawson passed him because because, again, McLaurin was a little dinged up, but I never got him. People were too aggressive. I was always picking at the end of the draft. He's always go, going in the middle. And thankfully, I never got him. Yeah. I still think against the Giants, I'm playing him again, that this could be the breakout game. You know, he's a, he's a, was a touchdown scorer last year and in college. Uh, so well, Number three guy, I mean, you Curtis Samuel who's playing. So And then Logan Thomas is involved. So he's like the fourth option in the offense, and that's not including two running backs, one of whom was a pass, where they're both catching passes. So he's really buried. But yeah, start him if you want. Um, we were talking about Anthony Richardson a minute ago. That brings me over to Michael Pittman. So for those guys, if you have Michael Pittman, Josh Downs, the rookie, is Gardner Minshew actually better for their fantasy production? Maybe. I mean, we just saw the first few games of Richardson's career, so we don't really know. And he was still targeting Pittman. Um, I thought Alec Pierce was a breakout guy, but he's buried. Um, and he's hurt this week, too. Yeah. Well, I didn't even know at this point because I've dropped mm-hmm. the four-way leagues. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's probably close. I mean, you know, these neither is ideal for a receiver. Yep. Uh is there any any players right now that again I don't want to call them like must sells, but is there a player that's maybe overproducing a little bit that you 
I know you play in a lot of leagues that don't trade, but most people that watch this are in their home leagues. Is there a couple of players that you think that like, like you, you named before, Raheem Mostert. Is that someone that you're looking to actively trade or is he like you're just holding him and rotting him? I would probably hold him because I think everybody thinks the same thing, that he's, okay. that he's you know, nobody wants to trade um, Jamar Chase for Raheem Mostert, you know, like, <laughs> right. you know, but I mean, you could, I mean, based on the situation and production, that's like, you know, that wouldn't get vetoed in your league by the commissioner, you know, okay, fine. Best running back for the best receiver, you know, whatever. Um so is there anyone that has been overperforming that you might try to unload now? And again, it doesn't mean you're going to pull one off in most sophisticated leagues. It's just that, uh, you know, if you need another position, someone that you're not confident in the rest of the season, is there anyone that comes to mind like that? Not quickly. The, Devontae Adams, is something wrong with him? He had a down week last Well, I lost two weeks, and, you know, Garoppolo is hurt, and we don't, you know, it's not as serious. He's not going to, he didn't have, like, internal damage, but who knows when he's going to play, and that's always a risk for, Devonte Adams, um, why is this so dark in my thing? I'm gonna try to get this light a little better. Um, it's all right. And so, uh, so, um, what is up so with your lighting? Right? I don't know. Well, I can turn the. Or I don't like the fake light, and so I just have a desk lamp. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I gotta help you out with that. We gotta get you something called a box light. You and... got me a light, but I mean, you got no, no, no. I got you a ring that, light. Yeah, the ring light it doesn't do anything. That's crap. A ring light. Yeah, it's it's almost yeah, yeah. It's, it's for it's for like TikTokers, you know. Yeah. Which you know we should. By the way, you're a couple videos I cut clips of this stuff. Right. Um. You've had a couple of nice runs, uh, a couple good viral runs on your. We had a Devontae Adams discussion to the Chiefs. We've had a Jonathan Taylor versus Zach Moss. People, uh, people, you you get a lot of comments in there. People uh, like arguing with your takes. Big surprise there. Um. Devontae Smith, Philadelphia Eagles. Man, I took him in the second round. This has not worked out. Is I'm in the third round and it's killing. I mean, this is my prime time team. First pick, CeeDee Lamb. Second pick, Barkley. Third pick, Devonta Smith. Oh, I'm I'm killing it. I'm killing this trap. Fourth pick, uh, Kenny Walker. Oh, Chris Godwin. Okay. Fifth pick, Kenny Walker. Sixth pick was like Kittle. Seventh pick, oh, I got Jerry Judy. The seventh pick, he only missed one week. That was great. You know, the only problem with Jerry Judy is that I used him in my lineup. That was the problem. If I did, if he's just out, if he's injured, it would have been better for me. So I wouldn't have wasted points on my bench. And yeah, I would have started Barkley last week, but I already started Judy on Thursday night because I didn't know Barkley's status. And then I sat him for Deonta Foreman. So anyway, it's been it's been a disaster because you know these these picks like I mean like Devonta Smith, yeah, oh great, and week eight he's going to have 200 yards, and I'm going to be like, okay, great, now I'm two and six. You know, I was going to ask you if this is normal wide receiver volatility or if this is a real problem here. I think it's normal. It's just unfortunate. I, I think like and this happens in baseball too that you have a shitty like first month and a half. And you're all like half-assing it. You're like, yeah, I'm in 12th place. I got two injured guys. And then your team balls out in like July and you're in like sixth place. And you're like, damn, if I just paid closer attention or done a better job setting my lineup in May, I might be in third place and like in the money here and I just blew it. Yeah. So timing matters. Like you really want your guys to start off fast and have a good team because then you're like totally into it. You're like scouring the waiver wire. You're like sorting by different metrics, like percent owned points, like targets. You're like, who who's like a sneaky guy? You start to really put your attention to it. But you get like a shitty first month. They're like, ah, it's one of my teams. It just hasn't worked out. And then, you know, and, and so you really have to grind the whole time. But it's hard because you just feel like this is this is drawing dead at one in five or whatever. A lot of a uh, lot of your fans on Real Man Sports are listening to this on the uh, podcast version. I, I urge you to go over to the Rotowire YouTube page, come over and check out the video. And around forty-five minutes in, you're going to see the worst lighting setup ever for a video. This, I mean, worst? This, oh my god! What do you want? How do I do it? I mean, it, we're not. Are we going to spend time on the podcast? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get it right. How about it? <laughs> it's just that 
thing, that lamp you have. No, no, because now it's fuzz. It's screwing up the whole uh, lens. Yeah, just there. just keep it like that. There we go. That's I, not I'm gonna. It, you do so much good video work, a podcast. We gotta get your lighting right. We got. Yeah. We, we yeah. Well, it's because we, I have this and I have this other light. It's such a pain in the ass because it's all connected, and I have to like change the color yeah. and shit. I gotta just get like one good light that's just permanently affixed, and I flip a switch, and it's perfect. Yeah, it's a box. It's called a uh, soft box lighting. It's gonna you're gonna almost attach it to like your wall ahead of you, right? right. You hook it on, and it has and it was just, overhead. Yeah, it's not overhead. It's like forty five degree angle down at your face, and okay. I'll, I'll show it to you. You'll figure Send out your link. I'll buy it. Yeah, well, no, you'd, I wanted yes, and you should watch some videos on it because it takes a while to get right. Like, do you like? What I'm, what you're seeing here with me, not me specifically, but very handsome man, Alan. You're extremely handsome. <laughs> I'm no Burt Reynolds, but you know, yeah. what what's the um, you know, what's the the celebrity? Or tell Telly Savalas. Oh yeah, well, Bojack. yeah, these '70s references. I love them. I love the '70s references. But uh, you know, uh, what's the celebrity people say you most look like that you've gotten over the years, even if you don't agree with it? Henry Rollins. Yeah, that's a good one. I used to get Henry Rollins, and I used to get. It was different when my hair was short. When I was short, and I had shaved, um, and then. Uh, I don't remember. Someone said Christopher Reeve when I was younger, but like I, I never really got like uh, anyone good. You know, Henry Rollins is pretty good, I guess. Yeah, I the one I used to get all the time, and again, I I guess I see it, but it was Jason Statham, and he's a good yeah, there guy. You go. There you go. Yeah, there you, go. you know the the world. You gotta, get, you gotta get you gotta start getting a little more Jack. Yeah. Oh no, listen, this that's a compliment. That's like calling me Sylvester Stallone, calling me Statham. You know, and yeah. what they used to call Statham. You know what his nickname was? The world's most famous B movie actor. Oh yeah, no, but yeah, but he's good. I like, I like some. Of those, I like a good revenge movie. You know, like I'll watch. You know, it's like if you want a movie in the background, you don't want something. You don't want some sort of period piece drama, right? When you're like working, mm-hmm. I don't even do this. I never watch TV anymore. But like Taken Three, Not- you know, or something where you see your nose know, Taken Two. Which one? Which ones when uh, Liam Neeson electrocutes that dude to find out where his daughter is, and then just leaves it on anyway. I leave. <laughs> uh- <laughs> like turning it on and off to get him to talk, and then he just leaves it on just to let him electrocute yeah. yeah that's satisfying for a man for a man to watch a movie what do you want as a man you want you know when i was younger you know you wanted nudity but when you're older you just want revenge you know i just wanted a revenge movie so you you know you get like taken two or the born movies or something i like revenge. uh i like uh male frontal nudity is my favorite yeah, is that your thing yeah I, uh yeah. yeah i mean who doesn't like to see it look you know? the light just changed i would turn this off there you go all right couple things uh from the chat that i think you know last few minutes here that i thought were interesting one uh, Uncle Ted said Nico Collins might be a little overvalued. I think that's a good play right there. If you can get something like a running, like I would trade Nico for any of the running backs that are like, you know, he's versus Zach Moss. You know, I mean, that's a quite. I, I would take Nico. I, I think Stroud is for real, and you know, Nico is a young player that is breaking out in a new situation where he's being targeted by a good young quarterback. I, I yeah. that's fine. All right, this one I thought was a good one. So uh, this our guy Eric said someone is trying to trade me Joe Mixon for Jonathan Taylor, right? So that's an obvious no to me, but I understand why the the guys hit you up because JT is has been disappointing the first couple of weeks. Uh, uh, Mixon is just like definition of just the guys. The, no one's done less with more than Joe Mixon. Yeah, I mean, I was out on him. He's also from 2017 draft class, so he's getting old. Um, he actually used to run like a four four eight four four three something like. There's that. nobody behind him, Chris List. Where- yeah, and, he, and he's on a good team, and you know, and he gets work. I mean, obviously, there's more floor with Mixon, uh, but Jonathan Taylor could be the guy from two years ago starting like next week. I'm not saying he will be, but he could be. Right. And if he is, that's like the what a top three pick. So 
Um, you just can't trade a, a fifth, sixth round type of guy for a top, a, a guy who has like a 25% chance of being a top five pick. So maybe when I asked you earlier about like, who's your quote league winner, the guy who's going to come from. Oh, John, I feel John Taylor. There it is. Anyway, I, I was so nutless in that. I, I got Judy. I missed Taylor by one pick at the six, seven turn in the prime time, but I should have just taken him at the four or five, like taking him and Kenny Walker. Um, but like his ADP was like mid seventh. So I was like six, seven turn. Perfect. And so ADP kind of screwed me up because I was like, why would I use him at the four or five turn or, or just where I drafted? If I had drafted mid sixth, I would have taken him. It's just that I literally was taking one pick before. Now he hasn't done anything yet, but, um, but I mean, it's Jonathan Taylor, you know, he's just, he's think about who this guy is. This guy was like the 1.1 last year and now he's healthy again. So like, what's the, you know, what, what's the issue? This is why I love uh, chat sometimes. I used to hate chat, but I love chat because people are now giving you a lighting advice in the chat, which they is are. great. I can't. <laughs> and by the way, sometimes the chat is right, right? It's, yeah. uh, I mean, this is, you look like you're being uh, questioned for uh, in like one of those movies where they shot the light on you and yeah. we'll fix you up. And turn you know, well, no, also, this, is, uh, this is the light. I turned it on. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. well, you have sunlight behind you, which, you know. Sunlight behind me and like, you know, what I what I want to do is build like you know if we ever get these Portugal houses going it's like in permit hell don't ever try to build a house on land in Portugal it's like they will make you wait three years of just bullshit but if we ever do it I'm gonna get an office and I will have it like designed I'll get a guy here who knows what he's doing pay him everyone's cheap here pay him a hundred bucks and just be like put this stuff in exactly you know here's the you know tell me what to buy and you put it in so that it's professional and then I just flip a switch that's what it's gonna be. You can go on like any of those, like it used to be Craigslist. Obviously, that's not anymore. They have Andy's, all these different things. There's actually, you could type in podcast studio designer right. and you'll see a bunch of like names come yeah. up. And I'm sure it's everywhere. I mean, it's not a, it's not rocket science, but you, if you know, you know. The nuances are rocket science. Right. The well, I don't need it to be like the greatest studio you've ever seen. I just need it to be like, fine. You know, right. Turn it on. Because this, cause this um, visually is is below, the, you right now are Mac Jones of the visual you're below starting Not level. Mac Jones. Don't say Mac Jones. That's wrong. QB1. I'm QB1. Audio, you're Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll QB1 with the video. Right. That's who I respect. Because off the field, I'm still doing good work. All right. couple things. I always like getting your takes against the spread. Uh, week seven, any numbers. You do a, a great article called Guessing the Lines, which everyone could check out if they go to realmansports.com. Chris List uh, does a ton of sports content, but also has links to some of the Chris List podcast. Uh, which is his solo podcast occasionally with guests uh, where he talks about social issues, politics, all that type of stuff. He just did a great one on everyone spouting out their takes on the Middle East. And you said more, more or less is, hey, let's gather all facts first. Not that you're against Israel. Obviously, you're Jewish. I'm Jewish. We, we, uh, we have a, a, an empathy for Israel. Uh, but you just said like, hey, before we, we, we start giving our opinions, Let's make sure we can we parse through all the facts so you can get that on the Chrysalis podcast. Um, we didn't do another 9-11 where 9-11 happens. Right. And then suddenly, two decades later, we spent like $6 trillion on invading a country that didn't have the WNMD. You know, you don't want to start to just destroy yourself over it. So that was yep. part of my take. But yep. yeah. Did I, 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 I just out you as a Jew, by the way? Oh, no. I, I'll, I've said it in places. I mean, I'm not like Joe. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but, but the other thing is uh, I just, I'm recording one I just finished today. Oh, good. That I feel good about. You know, sometimes it just feels good off the, you know, it's like when you hit a, a baseball, it feels good. You know, this one feels good. So. Okay. This, my next topic then, before we get to the spread, is that you need, I know you have this 
uh, see you next Tuesday once a week Twitter thing. Yeah. I insist that you go on Twitter when you put a new Chrysalis podcast and at least tweet it out. Use the platform for what it's worth. I don't care if they're suppressing you, this, that. If four more people hear it, you were talking no, I, about speaking out all the time. No, but I, I used to put it out all the time, right? All the time. And it doesn't grow it. Like Twitter, they literally, any link to anything, this is not even me personally. Like literally, if I post from my my site, my Substack, my site, or my podcast, it gets like 600 views. And everything else I post is getting three, 4,000. They do not let you stifle that stuff. And secondly, um, I, I think given how limited that reaches on Twitter, um, I don't even, I feel like it's better. I think it's almost a better marketing uh, tactic to say, Come to me. You like my stuff? Go find me if yeah, you're interested. Advertising like, works. That's you forget. Like you know, there's a reason why uh, advertising is a gazillion dollar industry. If, and you're always talking about, hey, influence one person, right? Right. So if I put it out that, there, yeah. and one other person sees it, it's worth pushing the free. Don't even put a link. Say, hey, new Chrysalis podcast is up. Download it on. Uh, you know, just put the note out there. I listen. I'm a, an appointment viewer, yeah. and. I forget sometimes until I go proactively check it when I'm looking through my Spotify app, which right. I all the time. So your reminder- it reminds you to go check yeah. and listen. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll do it. I don't know. I, I'm almost going the other way, though. I didn't put any links this week. I just all-, all right, No links. Fine. fine. Just a no, reminder. No, no. Oh, well, next time, yeah. But like like this week, like normally I'll, I'll post some Real Man Sports links and stuff. I'm just so fed up with that site and that algorithm and like trying to- I just post my- takes about things you know and not even sports related all day I, I i sometimes look during the week for searches and i bookmark a lot of stuff and then i just have it i do like eight takes post them and that's it like i'm not even like right so promoting anything i just feel like that site is like it's like betrayed its mission like i, I feel like i feel like what a is. beef with that site and not only that but like i built that site right like me and 100 million other people but i'm saying i i'm the person who creates and puts takes and content and video and text on that site. And I just feel like that site can go fuck itself. Like I, I don't even want to like use it for, for my benefit even because I just feel like any, anything I give to that site that, that, you know, it all is sort of like, why, why should I give them anything? Like, I feel like, yeah, what out of principle, like it's almost like, yeah, well, it help you get a little more reach. Now the people who know me from that site who actually see my stuff, who it's not throttled by, they notify me. You do end up listening to the podcast. And the other thing is, I think it's better sometimes to have people say, oh, you know, you want to listen to the podcast? Then you better figure out that there's a new podcast. Because if you need, if you need a reminder, if you need a reminder, well, it's not that important. And, 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 and I'll say, and I'll say, and I'll say this, I'll say this. It, it's, it's almost like we have this paradigm where everybody's fighting for this crowded little space to get your promotion out here. Oh, let me get my, let me promote this. Let me promote that. So that whoever can see it, we're all like pushing all this stuff. And it's like plays right into like that whole centralized, you know, all compete for the space and you better pay for the space because now it's getting scarce, right? Fuck that, right? Like you, there shouldn't be a giant middle. There's Airbnb, Uber, a giant middleman is basically saying, oh yeah, we don't contribute anything, right? We're just the network. We're basically each individual contributes and creates value of the network, but the network itself, the centralized network takes a huge cut of everybody's work, basically, you know, Uber, all the drivers, all the passengers, but this company is getting a huge cut of every ride. They're probably losing money anyway. But then you have Airbnb, right? Like all it is is network effects. It's that people know to post on Airbnb. So they take a big cut. It's really just a peer-to-peer -peer thing. It's I have a place to rent. You need a place to stay. We're together. But they take a huge cut just for software, just for the, the software. But how else would those two people connect? Let's say I'm in Lisbon it, and I need an Airbnb. 
I don't know where to go. I mean, what, you know, what? You don't know where to go because we don't have a decentralized solution yet. We're starting to get one for money. It's called Bitcoin. We now have one for social. It's called Noster. And they're going to be for everything. There's going to be decentralized ones where nobody's taking a 30% cut off the top of your um, of your transaction. You know, I, I talk to restaurant owners that I'm friends with here and they're like, yeah, Uber Eats wants 30%. Yeah, no, that's you know? ridiculous. I mean, it's like, but, but, they, but this Twitter's but not this, taking 30%. Well, they are. They are. They are. They're throttling me. They're telling me how much, who can see what I post when they're, they want you to pay if you want to have any reach or any sort of features to use or italicize or bold anything. They are. And I'm the one who built it. I'm the guy with the house or I'm the customer of other people. I'm the network. They're just profiting off of the network effect. And I just feel like, no, like that's done. And the, the, I almost should, I'm remiss even from showing up at all on that thing. It should be like, oh, you like Chris List? You remember his stuff? Yeah, it's not here anymore. And other people should be doing that too and be like, you know what? It's not here anymore. Not like everybody be like, well, I don't really approve of it, but I'll milk a little bit out of it for myself. That leads a race to the bottom, right? The race to the top is screw them. I'm not going to give them anything. If people want my work, they can find it. If they don't, they don't have to. It's up to them. But if you like it, you come get it. And if you don't want to, that's fine. It's up to you. But I'm not going to count out to Twitter. See, game theory wise, all of this stuff, all of these things are individually, it's better if I just comply, if I just do what they say, if I take the medicine they make me take, whatever they tell me to do, I'm going to do it individually because I have all these things. But collectively, if every time I do that, I throw someone else under the bus who's not doing it, I make it so the whole, whole of society needs to do this just to have basic rights. It's the same thing. Everybody who's still posting on a, a place that's saying, oh, you have to pay to use the proper features, even though you've been there for 12 years giving them content, growing the network, you know, doing your part. Now, they, now they're now they like, oh, you owe us something to do this. Otherwise, screw your reach. It's like to, to, count, to capitulate to that is contributing to an environment where everybody has to do that. And so I just say the more people that just opt out and say, come find me if you're interested, um, the more we have a place where no, we're not we're not getting this huge rake on everything we do. And so that's that. Yeah. So and I certainly understand and respect where you're coming from. But I also think as a social media marketer, you have to go where the attention is. But, you know, again, there's somewhere in there lies. I, mean, I just don't believe in that. Like, I understand like you have a job, you you work for Rotowire and Rotowire has to be on social media or maybe not. You know, maybe they'd be like, don't say that. Don't right? say that. There are Rotowire people. <laughs> we know they don't. They, no one agrees with me. Don't worry about it. The point is they agree with you 100 percent. But what I'm just trying to say is we're not on opposite sides of this argument. Buddy. No, no, you're more in the middle. But but I'm yeah. saying like they're probably more even on the other side. But what I'm just saying is, right, everybody has an incentive to get their stuff out on these very flawed platforms. And each person individually benefits to some extent from it. But collectively, we would all be it's a game theory problem in a much better place if we said, no, you know, you can't throttle. We, we want a feed that's not algorithmic. We want to see the people we actually follow. Um, and the algorithm is another word for audience, right? Out the, 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 this is where I have the pushback for you. And, and this is the one area where I, I think you're onto something that the throttling and all that, but I think that the algorithm just finds what the people want to see, right? That's, no, it tells them what they want to see based on, on Twitter, pra- perhaps on other platforms, TikTok and stuff, YouTube. Better. I get the videos that I like, I like what they're feeding me and it's not, you know, well, because they they figured out like you from past preferences, but like yes. what I want, a lot of front is email people, of videos coming. Well, I'm glad, I'm so happy that you can avail yourself of that. Which continue, I, I believe people joke. should. I believe people should. Oh, you. Oh, that was a joke. Oh, I thought you were saying. Ah. So, uh, <laughs> so the, the the point is though that that what I want from Twitter, it's a huge ask, but you know, I'm gonna ask anyway. It's like those people that I actually click. 
follow on that when they post, I see their post. That's all I'm asking. You know, it's like, I actually chose to follow this person. So like when they post, I want to see it in chronological order. Like, do I need you to tell me really deeply, deep down what I really want that I don't realize I want? Because your algorithm's so smart. It used to be like the woke people were saying like, oh, these people are bad. These people are good. But now it's like these people have more likes or these people are more in tune with what you seem to like. Um, I don't need that. You know, I, I didn't ask for that. And I certainly know when, and, and then the worst part is, you know, they're in this race because, and I understand why he's doing it, is to extinction, which is Substack can do a full thing. Twitter can do a full thing. Facebook, they can all have video, audio, text. So now if you post a link from another site, I mean, it used to be Twitter was the open web. You click, I used to use Twitter as the, it's a a little bit. It's no longer the public square. It's not it's what it is. Gardens. It's wall gardens now, right? Because it used to be you click Twitter was like your newspaper. You click open the article. Now it's like, oh, that's not fully posted by a, a blue check that buys the, the bandwidth on Twitter. Then okay, then it's going to be throttled. And like that whole environment, like I don't want to contribute to a place where now if you don't put all your stuff and they probably own it. I don't know what the copyright rules. They probably own probably this one post that I put one of my best pieces is on Twitter. Probably they'll sue me and be like, no, that's ours now because you posted well, it on our platform. People, Chris, says, people made the mistake, and myself included, of thinking that these social media platforms were the public square where all they were from the beginning and was data collection platforms. Yeah, right? we I mean, all did. Right. We all did. I mean, even when I worked at uh, DirecTV in the early 2000s, so our most valuable asset was not selling commercials, which even though that's what my main job was to sell advertising, the job was getting people to sign up so we can collect their data. We were in the early days of data collection. The right. set-top box was our most valuable thing. If we can get more set-top boxes, you remember those? Be right, like, yeah. Get those into your house. That was all the data. And then that data was used to micro-target. So we could, in those days, if somebody used Crest toothpaste, we could serve them a an AIM. Remember AIM toothpaste? We could right. serve them an AIM. We can get that micro to right. serve them the competitor's product. That was the valuable, and that Dude, I had a sore, I had a sore neck the other day. I was bitching about it, and something I get emails, you know, I don't know my phone about like neck products, you know, and I'm like, dude, like I didn't, no one asked for this shit, and yeah, I mean, like you know, it was you're on Facebook to meet girls, you know, in your 30s, it was like I'm on Facebook because maybe I'll meet some girls there, um, and you know, suddenly like you're in the panopticon, you're in 1984, you don't know what the fuck no, happened, the, you know, the, the algorithm for um. Uh, you know, again, I'm not uh, recommending anyone go on any Pornhub or anything like that. I mean, but my, you know, I, I go on from time to time and check it out. What's going on? See to see what's going on in the scene. But something's gone wrong with my algorithm. And again, nothing, anything wrong with, uh, you know, trans. But I'm getting a lot fed my feed. A lot of like trans women. They're anticipating what you don't really <laughs> want. That's it. You, they're ahead of you. They know where you're headed based on your past uh, behaviors. But the point is, my my point is just this: is that this whole thing, right, is bad. And it's real. It's the reality. So, you know, you have to be with reality. But you do have a choice, you know, and you may not or companies that are all of a sudden like, you know, there's a lot of people's paychecks at stake. You know, they they can't just lose half their revenue and, you know, and do the right thing and then grow it elsewhere. Um, but fortunately, I'm in a position where I can, you know, decide completely whether I want to avail myself of this or not and forego some short term uh, growth. Um, and get long-term, in my opinion, um, build it on a solid foundation, something that like is actually um, not algorithm controlled. And I, and it's like, you know, it's like you're in like a communist dictatorship, right. Or something. And you're like, shit, I, my, my family, everything I know is back here, my language, but I'm going to, uh, back in the day when it was a free country, you can immigrate to the United States 
and be like, you know, one of those uh, Jewish, Italian, Irish people get to New York. And you are you talking business. about you're talking about like in the early turn of the century? 19- yeah, like 19, you know, 30, you know, you yeah, come in, Island stuff. Yeah, you come in and you build a business and wow, it's actually like you can make there's opportunity here in my old country. And it could be worse, you know, if you were in Russia or wherever you get out Italy, and you right. and you and you start, you know, a business and you're and you prosper. But you had to leave everything behind, right? But like, so when you got there, you were dirt poor. You didn't, you barely spoke English. And then you built a life. And like, that's how I feel about this. I feel like, Fair enough. like come back to the old country. It's great. I'm like, no, it's not a free country. And now you make so, the, you make the point. Like even like in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, you'd always be like, you know, there'd be like a, a cab driver. You'd be talking to him. And he's like, yeah, in my country, I was a, like a doctor, you know, and right. like, he started over. He's driving a cab now. And then he builds a business from there. That's that's a really good point too. I listen. Th- everything I'm arguing with comes from a very selfish place because I want more people Could to be hear. Oh, yeah. Well, I want more people to hear your podcast. That's yeah, all. Well, I, I appreciate that, and you do a good job on these videos of letting people know that, and people who watch them now know you like it. Um, and uh, and I hope people listen too. But um, but the reason, in my opinion, that the podcast is worth listening to is because I'm not on Twitter. I mean, it's the same thing. Fair enough. It's the same thing, right? It's like, because I'm saying shit that you're not supposed to say. It's not like Twitter would stop it. They would be fine with it. But it's like, it's making those kind of choices, right? Like, you just do what you believe in. And even if it has a small upfront cost, it ends up, in my opinion, and I'm not saying it's, I'm going to be like rich from this. I'm just saying that like, long haul, you know, you, you've you've made like a, a stack of choices that ends up being like, beneficial to you as a human being yeah it, it to like kind of make a i was talking about this with someone yesterday to make it like a fantasy football parallel i said like adding that running back that's third on the depth chart six times eventually one of them is going to hit and then your fantasy football team is going to be good in week 14 fine maybe zamir white doesn't mean anything maybe jordan mason doesn't mean anything or you know kyra rico dowdle that's my guy Keep there you rico go Dowdle. i love it um we probably, uh, I was going to make the joke at the beginning, this is going to be a short one, but it never is, which, by the way, I love that it, it goes long here. Uh, let's do one pick against the spread before we wrap up here, because everyone loves hearing your... I, I, so, this, I got three. You know, I was terrible early, but I've actually been um, kind of on a roll lately. I wouldn't say a huge roll, but like I'm dug out of the of the ditch that I had driven myself into, and I've been... You sports know, gambling, it's a new week every week. Week seven, where's your biggest value? Basically... I'm gonna, I got to load this up. Uh, so... So when I did the lines, um, they, I was on, I was within two points of every line. So there's nothing that from my lines that jumped out. But what I mostly do isn't even that. I might not even go with my initial leans on the lines. It just feel it's just the ebb and flow of, of teams. So I kind of like the Falcons um, getting two and a half, buy them low off that horrible game against the team. I kind of like the Eagles home against the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are really kind of fun. But against a good defense, we'll see. They had trouble with the Bills. They kind of slowed down in the second half. Pick one. Yeah, pick one. You're in the ice cream shop. And then, and then the Patriots. Thing. And the Patriots, I kind of like against the Bills, just as a buy low. Um, on the eight and a half, everyone at home. I gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, I guess I'll pick Eagles for the sake of the podcast, but I like all three. And uh, there's always safety in numbers, Alan. You know, I probably won't go 0-3, but I could easily go 0-1. Right. There you go. Right. Yeah. But you're, you know what I'm saying? You're in the ice cream store. Uh, this is what I, this happens I, just get a tri- I just get a triple, you know? Okay, there you go. I, you know, this happened the other day at a restaurant. I was with my wife and her family, and they did the worst thing ever. We got one of these like huge menus that has a gives it like it's like a cheesecake factory style right. menu. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be bad for her whole family. Is bad at choosing, right? Like, have you ever seen this Sebastian Manica- uh, Maniscalco joke? And she's like, oh, I'm still deciding. Uh, why don't you go first? He goes, steak and vegetables. Back to you. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm like. I just choose. Well, Heather's the worst. Like Heather, it's like she's like high or something. She she sits there and she can't decide. Everything looks good, and then she's like, she's like, you go. So everyone goes. And then it's on her that she's all nervous and she just picks something terrible out of like it's like this like panic. It's like, like a panic. Awful trap. trap. Sorry, codfish cream yow with that and i'm like why did you get that she said i don't know it just seemed i'm like just get you you had three things you could have gotten she takes the worst thing so um yeah you got you know it's just yeah it's just like drafting a fantasy you got to be decisive you know you got to know when you're on the clock the three guys that are, you can't be like yeah. oh i got sniped right you got to be like okay you're gonna have options sometimes you get sucked three in a row and then you're a little stuck that's happened to me you gotta know though you gotta but know. pretty much you got to be like i pick in like literally like two seconds usually it's like boom and i like to put pressure on the other guys like shit like, I don't have time to, like, figure it out because he's picking so fast. Totally. I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And also, um, there's no excuse not to go on. And you know you're going to a restaurant Saturday. Go on the damn app and look and get, oh, like— Too much. Too much. You don't no, no, no. This, I insist now because because it's such a problem with my wife. Yeah. I make her go on the—we're going out for dinner on Saturday, uh, you know, uh, yeah. for her birthday. I said, listen, here's the menu. I even pull it up for her. I said, pick out two or three things so when you get there, you at least go to those two or three things. That's some serious next-level shit. Real man makes his wife pick a year in advance. (laughs) Makes him a spreadsheet. He needs a spreadsheet with each meal lined up. Otherwise, we're not going out. Uh, No, I don't do that. You know, I don't do an event. I mean, it's not a drop. It's not like a big deal. It's just one meal. You're not stuck with it the whole year. You don't understand. It's like the the waitress does, you know, very polite. Oh, I'm going to take a lap and come back. Sometimes yeah. there's two laps. I know. I hate it. I, so I'm just like, yeah, you're, you're just like, this person's standing there. Plus, if she's talking to somebody, she won't stop. I'm like, just stop. Deal with this. Get it over with. And then resume, you know. But she doesn't, it, it's just so weird. Like, because for me, it's like snap. I mean, you know, and I may be 50-50. I may have an agonizing choice. But I'll step up and say, I'll take the steak. You know, I'm a hero. I'll just say, you know what? I'll have the steak and fries. And I know you don't like outsourcing your decisions. But when in doubt... You can outsource if you trust the vibe of the waiter or the waitress. You can say, "What would you?" I always say to them, "I said, hey, I already have what I want, but what's your favorite?" I'm just curious if someone I want to see. You don't want them having to move that like old fish that they bought too much of, you know? Like right. Well, I can tell usually. I'm very yeah. good at telling if they're trying to move the old fish or if they're like, "Oh my god, I just have this," you know, the the pasta with vegetables thing was amazing. You gotta you gotta look at them too, you know, because some of them are like, "Yeah, I just love that," and it's like the most like high carb seed oil thing ever. Right. Yeah, you gotta be like, yeah. You like that shit, but that's junk food, man. Like I'm like, I get down. I'll sometimes give him a trick question like that, you know. Like I'll I'll throw it out there, and I do the Larry David. I look at the. Remember Larry David look at you like this, and he would uh, turn his head, size you up. He's sizing people up. There it is. Yeah. So I was one more thing I was gonna say to you, man, but I totally, uh, I totally spaced on it because we got sidetracked. We were talking. We were talking about the restaurants. We were talking about the spread, and we were talking about fantasy drafts and making decisions quick. Oh yeah, this is it. So good. You're very good, man. You're a good host. You just got <laughs> so I signed up a week from no a week from yes, six days from now. NFBKC $350, 1 p.m. Eastern. If anyone wants to it's not a big Chris list, so I'm not responsible for filling it. But it's Sasha and I are doing it. And Sasha's been doing research this whole time, but she doesn't know anything. I mean she Say it again. Say the date again. It's it's Wednesday, um, October twenty fifth at one PM Eastern. Okay. NFBKC. And it's not a beat Chris list, so it's a three hundred fifty dollar draft. Three fifty, right? And there's a ten thousand dollar grand price. price. And so I haven't looked at basketball in five years, six years, seven years. You know, I used to have like Shannon do a league for me or somebody or Andre or, or one of those guys. But you know, Sasha's into it, and I, I think it's worth it as a bonding thing to do it. And she's been writing out like the top seven guys on the depth charts for the last month. So she's been studying, but she doesn't really understand the percentages. Like she doesn't understand like why 
she knows like, oh, wow, look at, you know, uh, look, look at Steph Curry's numbers. Like, this is amazing. But she doesn't understand like the field goal percentage and the volume. She's never played, you know, in all fairness, I barely understand the percentages part. And, but I can like, and now volume and, and like, you know, a center who shoots 80 is actually good, but a guard needs to shoot like 87. But anyway, the point is, so she doesn't know, but she's done some studying. I've done no studying, but I understand fantasy basketball. And I don't know if I'm going to get there in six days, right? So, like, I'm going to do some – I'm going to look at the Rotowire stuff. Um, but I'm doing it. And, and and the other thing is I need someone to manage this team because I know that she's not going to deal with it. And the management's hell. Basketball's hell. There's always people getting hurt. There's, like, the, the schedule in basketball sucks. It's like your best player's got two games and some scrub's got five. And you got to be like, do I really sit my best player for this scrub? I hate it. I hate the lineup setting. So, yeah. I need to find, like, the Dusty Wagner of, of NFBKC. Um, if you want, I know you like watching live drafts. We have on, there's a new Rotowire Fantasy Basketball YouTube page. Just started. It's blowing up. Uh, if you love fantasy basketball, go over there. You'll see the thumbnail if you go over there. I'll have to send it to you. Um, uh, Ken and Shannon drafted from the 11th spot. They just did a draft two days ago. So you can see and see all the picks if you want. I don't want Ken Kreitz's garbage team. I, well, it's gonna, you can me, just see how that's like, else. That's like disinformation. You know, that's like, <laughs> I'm going to start a disinformation bureau against uh, those guys. Now, I'm sure they know what they're doing, but. I'm trying to come clean slate. I will look at ADP at the end because I don't know enough. Right. But I'm the trying other- to like work with Sasha with clean slate before we look at all that stuff. And if you want to go and just one more, we're doing a live draft. Uh, Alex Bruth, our NBA editor, uh, who took over Nick Whalen's old job, he's doing a live draft uh, spot to be determined, but it's going to be on Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. But we're we're live streaming that on the Fantasy Basketball YouTube page. So if you wanted to see ADP and what people are picking yeah. Yeah. Alex commenting. It's just, again, it's just another way. I know you like watching live drafts. I, I love all the Roadwire stuff. I, all those guys are good. Um, I'm, I probably will. I probably will just lean on them hard. Normally it's terrible advice and so, something you actually know, but when you don't know what the hell you're doing, it's actually good advice. Like for football, it'd be dumb for me to do that or, or baseball, but for basketball, I might have to. All right. Here comes the, uh, the plugs. If you love videos like this, consider hitting the like button, subscribe to the channel. Just mentioned also we do a fantasy basketball YouTube channel. It's it's linked on this page. Uh, all of Chris Liss's content. Chris, uh, sorry, realmansports.com. Realmansports.com. Everything of his is over there. Uh, because, tons of free, and then there's a paywall as well. I, get the paywall. I'm telling you, one of the best purchases you'll make. And right now, Rotowire is going to let you get behind our paywall if you're doing any fantasy sports rest of season football for free. We're not even going to charge you to get behind the paywall for two days. Rotowire.com forward slash try rotowire.com forward slash try just put in your email and the paywall unlocks for two days take a look around um all right everybody uh follow chris on noster <laughs> i love saying that just go yeah go to realmansports.com the yeah. link is there to noster you're never gonna find it like that way Noster's still um it's not you know it still needs some work yep all right follow me at alan sislowski and like i said if you love videos like this consider hitting that like button for us and subscribe to the channel we'll see everybody next thursday at 9 30 Hopefully with another victorious, uh, we're taking the bills this week, everybody. Put in the comments who you're taking. We'll see you next week.